The following podcast contains strong language and frank discussions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Super duper on a Sunday morning. How was your week? Long but short. (laughs) It was long but short, wasn't it? It was. I remember texting you during the week and going, this week feels like it's going by really fast, but also, why is it not Friday? Correct. <laughs> it was one of those weeks. Yes. There's a lot going on in There's, the news there, my friend. Everything's just speeding up. Everything's happening everything's all at once. Happening. So, you remember the other day <laughs> when you were here and I was in the shower and then I just started screaming to you? I recall, yes. And I'm like, yeah. open the door, open the door. Did you hear this story? And it was uh, because, of course, I had been listening to Nancy Grace. As you are As I do, do every day, which is so weird because <laughs> Nancy Grace would probably hate my guts. Like, I don't think we would be friends. I think she would frown on my use of language <laughs> and also probably some of my political leanings. But uh, More than some. You I think? Would, I would reckon. You think? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to imagine what <laughs> Nancy Grace's political. I mean, she are. is on Fox News, which we all know is yeah. not my my preferred news channel. Ooh, I hit the microphone. <laughs> of course, I did once per episode, and there you have it, guys. There's your Easter egg. We're going <laughs> to stop calling it out and see who can find them. Yeah, all. <laughs> see who can who can point out how many times I hit the mic during an episode. Um, no, but so she had. So this was before it. We found out what happened. Right. So she was talking about a case of a woman in New York, um, Orsolia Gall, um, who was brutally murdered in her house. She was stabbed something like 55 plus times. It was a lot of times. While her 13-year-old son was upstairs, but he heard nothing. He saw nothing, okay? The husband and the older son, who's 17, were in Oregon, like on a college tour. And I don't know if you said they're they're from New York, so if they were in Oregon, it was very far away. Yeah, they're they're yeah. way too far away. So before we knew what happened, the story was that this lady, she did she was out. She stopped at a bar. It looked like she was maybe waiting for someone. They didn't show up. She goes home. Cut to she gets murdered, like in the worst way, yeah. and then someone stuffs her in a duffel bag and drags her down the street. From the side door of the house to like two blocks away, leaving a trail of blood and then just leaves the duffel bag on the sidewalk and dips, right? So I was pretty convinced with the evidence that it had to be either the son who was upstairs because how the hell did he not hear any of this? It's strange credulity. Like your your mother got stabbed 60 times and she had defensive wounds. So it wasn't like she wasn't trying to fight back. Right. Or I thought maybe the husband or the older son, because apparently they were in therapy. So I was like, oh, maybe there's problems in the marriage and the husband had something to do with this. Maybe the wife was having an affair. Yep. And that's where I was at. Yep. And I'm like, it has to be the son or the son, other son, or the husband. I was also pretty convinced that it must have been the son in the house. Yeah. The Oregon story seemed a little convenient and far-fetched, but... The son who ad- even admitted to being home just seemed like a more yeah. likely suspect to me. Well, as we all know, Mike. Uh, I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> well, not only that, but I mean, after watching that interrogation series. Yes. Where it just seems like there's no way that this kid's story yeah. is true. And yep. it was true. Yeah. 
that in the back of my head, while I was so adamant that it had to be someone in her family, Mm -hmm. I also, in a tiny little side note, was saying to myself, listen, Joanne, we all know that true life is crazier than fiction, so... What and, if it's not the sun or whatever? Yeah, and this isn't Monday Morning Quarterback. She was no. <laughs> all about alternative theories and even being proven wrong by the yeah. interrogation series myself. I was like, no. You were still... It had to be. Yeah. Well, so just I'm never going to be positive about anything again. Ever again. <laughs> ever because again. come to find out, the mom was having an affair. So I was right on one point. Yes. With a 44-year-old handyman that had been the family's handyman for like two years and mm-hmm. they had had this relationship for like two so they jumped right on it oh yeah i mean this was like or she's like i need an excuse for you to keep coming around i'll we'll make you the handyman we'll make you the like the, the affair de facto yeah. handyman well david Bonola, who was also from queens did not live that far from this family a couple blocks i think mm-hmm. um i think the mother wanted to get out of this relationship. Yeah. My theory is she she messaged him to meet her at that bar yes. so that she could break off this arrangement that in they public. had in a public place, yeah. right? And he doesn't show up. Maybe he's like, I'm not going to meet you. I don't want to talk about it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, she goes home and somewhere around, I think, 1230, quarter of one in the morning, mm-hmm. he shows to the house. He shows up. Now, they not they didn't say if she let him in or he had a key because there was a key that was hidden in like an outside barbecue yeah, which, that he knew about because he's the handyman, handyman for two years. Right, he would know. So he could have used the key letter, but also they had like an extensive alarm system. Yeah. So I feel like she she probably he showed up, but she let knows, him in to if talk. He knows where the key is though too. Do you think he knows the, in, the code? He, they may have trusted him with the code if he's there doing jobs when no one else. I mean, is if home. he's been doing it for two years, yeah. maybe he if, had the code. If, yeah, if he knows where the key well, is. Well, apparently that. he went there, I guess, to talk about this relationship. And they go to the basement. I'm guessing the house was fairly large. The, the youngest yeah. son was all the way upstairs. She probably said, let's go in the basement so my son doesn't hear us talking. Well, or and- wonders why the fucking handyman yeah. is here at 1 o'clock in right. the morning when dad and my brother are in Oregon. Right. Which that's actually an interesting <clears throat> kind of detail about their economic status. Because this wasn't the first time they had flown to Oregon to look at this college. Yeah, this, this was is like a, a follow-up visit. This is like visit. a second visit yeah, to Oregon. Where they're just flying across the country. Just to visit a college, yeah, which visit. is not anything that happened in my lifetime. Yeah. I, I, Well, that wasn't a thing. I wouldn't have driven a second time. Like, that wouldn't have been okay. No. Yeah, so I flying. went to like a college fair locally yeah. where representatives of all colleges from across the country came to yeah. us. <laughs> and then we just banged them all out in one day. Right. Because, you know, I yeah. was poor i mean what do you want from me but um most of us are yeah well yeah uh i'm not one of the one percent i don't know if you could tell yeah um very down very down to earth for a one percenter but you know our posh accents give it how i (laughs) how i live my life yeah um so you know so they went in the basement yeah and then i think she probably was like we can't keep doing this and he killed her with a kitchen knife. So his story is that he didn't go there to kill her. He went there to talk to her. And yeah. then it was like a crime of passion, I guess. But yeah, he sure. confessed twice. Yeah. Once just verbally and once on video. Great. Very matter-of-factly. Yeah. Said what he did. And at open and shut, I mean, that's it. This guy's going yeah. away forever. I mean, in New York, do they have the death penalty? No. They do not. So he's going to jail yeah. probably forever, oh, right? Hopefully they Miranda'd him. Um, oh, let's not... <laughs> Because let's not forget to Mirandize people correctly yeah. so that they can walk free. Yeah, yeah. Because there were several. Uh, there was one case that I was looking into 
I don't know if I'll actually do it, but um, there was an issue. It was a British case. There was, was an issue. Steve, was the cop's name Steve Fulcher? Steve, what was the cop's name? Was it Steve Fulcher? Well, what? that's the other case. The um, one where he took where him, he the took cop the guy, took the guy because yeah. he said, "Do you want to see another body?" And then yeah. they didn't really Mirandize him. But there's a special well, needed, circumstance that they can do that. Well, he needed in that particular case, he needed to offer him a a lawyer, basically a solicitor, and bring him back to the station, and then bring him back out. But they were already in the no, area. because there's a way you can get around that. There's some kind of clause thing that you can get. I can't remember what. It's well, called. it needs to be imminent distress. Like the possibility of rescuing somebody needs to be in play. And they knew, so they this guy got in trouble because he knew he was looking for a body, not a a, a live mm. victim. So that kind of negated the special circumstance in this case. But yeah. there was another that I was looking into and the guy confessed basically three times but two of them had to be thrown out because he wasn't properly cautioned right and he wasn't in the right situation okay so, cool he still did it once under Miranda right so right but it, <laughs> they it, can't say well two trumps one so right. boop we'll it throw was, it out it like, wasn't as slam dunk with the three confessions well, you would, would think that it would be though you would hope so hopefully this guy just um pleads goes, guilty and goes to prison yeah, forever saves us how can he not plead guilty he don't get me don't don't look at me like that and get me riled up and shrug your shoulders like mm, shit happens because i don't want to hear it this guy confessed he murdered this beautiful she's gorgeous too this beautiful lady taking her away from her kids now this guy des- deserves to rot in prison for the rest of his life thank you open and shut case goodbye <laughs> next <laughs> yes i am judge jury executioner goodbye forever i well, mean no i yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was exceptionally brutal. It, it, yeah. I mean, why would you? Uh, they said they couldn't tell, 50 right? some odd times. They, yeah. Some of the stab wounds, they think it's more than 55 times. Yeah. They said in excess of 55 times. But when you're stabbing people, yeah. you're clearly going over some of the same holes mm-hmm. over and over again. So, and, you know, it's I, hard to count them separately. I think you told me that they were unsure if he had tried to dismember the body. Yeah, because so they didn't, so at first damaged. they thought, the people that, okay, can we, two people simultaneously found the body. Yeah. A jogger. Right. And a dog walker. So someone walking their dog and a jogger both basically surreptitiously came up upon this hockey bag that had a trail of blood behind it. They unzipped the bag, Mike, and guess what they thought it was at first? I'm going to lose my mind because this is ridiculous. Yeah, this is going to be our first bit of merch, I feel. A, a mannequin. Says, yeah, I want a shirt a that mannequin. says it's it's never a mannequin with just a dismembered, yeah. like a crash test dummy with blood on it. Yeah. And then just our logo on the back or yeah. whatever, because this it's never a mannequin. It's never. When has it ever been a mannequin? It's never been a mannequin. I've mannequin. never seen a mannequin anywhere but a department store. Have you like, ever seen a case where they thought it was a dead body, but in actuality it was a mannequin? Can't never say that I have. happens. Yeah, it's weird. But... I guess she was folded up in the fetal position in this bag. And so they couldn't tell if she had actually, her joints had been disarticulated or that there was just so many stab wounds right. that it seemed like she was dismembered. That's a lot that's, of stabs. Yeah, that's a uh, a life in prison uh, easily. Come on. Yeah. I mean, how many, st- I mean, technically you could kill somebody with one stab wound. Right. Why 60? By accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 60? 60 is. Plus or however many it was well that's the overkill element that 
first leads you to believe that it's family. Well, but yeah, them exactly. Having the affair, yeah, them having the affair and ending it, then that. Well, we knew lends, it had to be yeah. someone that knew her oh, because yeah. I don't think someone who, first of all, nobody would be able to randomly break in if they have this elaborate yeah. system. But let's say they forgot to arm the system and somebody mm-hmm. did break in yep. because they want to rob you because you have this beautiful house. Right. They're getting in and out. Correct. And if they stab you or shoot you, they're not going to do it. out even faster. 60 times. Right. right. They, they're going to grab what they want and dip. Right. So it had to be someone that she knew. We knew that. And felt comfortable in the house to like move around and know yeah. where like the hockey bags were kept. And I all mean, that. I guess... Oh, I mean, thank God he didn't go upstairs and kill the son. Or yeah. thank God the son didn't come down and go, what the hell's all the commotion? Right. And then the son gets killed. Yeah. But imagine being the son now and know that you were two floors up or whatever the frig, mm-hmm. however big this house is, while your mom was being slaughtered yeah. in the basement and then put in your hockey bag or your brother's. Yeah. Hockey bag, yeah, and dragged and left on the side of the road, and you were there. Yeah, if he was, uh, he could have at least called the police had he no, known right. something was going on. So this kid's gonna be oh, yeah. messed up forever. If he's up in his room when it's happening, like playing video games with a headset on or something, yeah, just like talking to never, his friends yeah. and stuff, like not listening or not being able to hear yeah. or whatever. He may never play. Video Maybe games he was again. asleep. Who yeah. knows? It's one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I don't think he's putting on headphones again if oh, that was the situation. Oh, God. Can you imagine this poor kid? I mean, the whole poor family, but yeah. Jesus Christ. So play your video games with the volume at a, a reasonable <laughs> level. Oh, man. And um, and that's not all, Mike. I there mean, we might more, have some, some good news here. Yeah, one more very big update. Um, Madeline McCann. Everyone remembers her. Poor little yeah. three-year-old girl who was taken from Praia da Luz, and I apologize if my pronunciation for that is terrible, Um, in Portugal. Her family was on vacation 15 years ago. They left the kids sleeping while they had dinner not too far from the room. They did go back and check on the kids, Mm -hmm. Um, but then she's gone. And for 15 years, no one knew what happened. And they finally found somebody who's a suspect Christian Brockner, who's 44, this degenerate, is uh-huh. a convicted rapist <clears throat> and a pedophile who's currently in jail yeah. for the 2005 rape of a 72-year-old woman from the same town, in the same town that Madeline disappeared from. Well, now that is a coincidence if I say so myself. I mean, this mm. pezza de merda, like, he better fry for this. I don't know what they do in Portugal. Do they? I think they just chuck them in the ocean and let the sharks have them. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that Good. Would, uh, that would be my punishment. Good. Good luck. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but the problem is though that in Portugal there's a 15 year statute on prosecutions. Now, I tried to dig into it a little bit. What I saw, it looked like any prosecution. So they have until May 3rd yeah. to formally charge this guy, or else. That's actually, I think. Today, the day this episode's being released, I think is May third. Oh God, it, he, they better because this poor family. I mean, this girl would be only eighteen yeah. now, right. today, only eighteen, right? Still a baby. Yeah, she would still be a baby. You know, to me, eighteen is still a baby. I, I mean, mean, when you're eighteen, you don't know shit your about the life. World. Hasn't you even think started you do. yet? Yes. Yeah. So they have until May third to charge this MFN POS mm-hmm. with this. And he better, 
at least tell them. Well, he's saying that he had nothing to do with this. Of course, obviously, because he know he probably he probably knows if he can stall until May third, then you know maybe they have to let it go. But I'm hoping that he goes to jail and or somehow gets killed (laughs) in jail. Um, Can I say that? Yeah, I'll say it. I hope he gets fucking killed, and. Hopefully they find out where this little girl's body is so that they can have some semblance. They're never going to have peace, but some semblance of peace. Maybe at least give her a decent burial or service or something befitting this poor child who was ripped from her family. So good news on one end. Hopefully, yes. Yes. But also, if come May 3rd, they don't charge him, I'm probably, my head's probably going to shoot off the top of my head and explode. To, you're going to go to Portugal yourself. I mean, and, yeah, yeah, I'm going to freak out. So let's just hope <laughs> that this guy never sees the light of day in a free sense and he just stays behind bars forever and yeah. ever. Amen. Thank you. Goodbye. I mean, come on. Yeah. Revisit the Disappearance of Madeline McCann docuseries on Netflix if you want to refamiliarize yourself with that case. Oh, it's so but heartbreaking, it's, though. Uh, it's, 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 it's a head-scratcher why it's it's still kind of ongoing because yeah. of of the just the circumstances of how it happened yeah how there was nothing that anybody saw found also and i know a lot of people blamed the parents because why would you leave a three-year-old in a hotel mm-hmm. room while you go and have dinner and drinks personally at the hotel but okay though. but personally me yeah never in a million years would oh, i do that right that, that's I never mean, gonna happen especially like i so Obviously, I was a single parent when my daughter was little. Yeah. And after she would go to sleep at night, if I had to run to, like, the corner store for something and, like, leave her in bed, I would have a massive panic attack the whole entire time. Mm -hmm. Never would I ever in another country leave her in a hotel while I go and have dinner. So, yes, I get it. Yeah. At the same time, that doesn't give someone the right to to kidnap and do God knows what to the child either. So... That's when you invented Instacart 30 years ago. Well, it's a tricky... (laughs) It's a tricky situation. Yeah, it's hard. Because it's hard to blame them. It's hard to not blame the parents, but also they didn't kidnap and right. Exactly. But then you can say, but they gave this guy opportunity to. So it's really complicated. It gave him opportunity, but how did he know that there's this three year old little girl alone? In the he room? must have been watching the family. He probably <clears throat> right. was about the whole time they were on vacation. Spotted this little girl, made designs on her. Oh yeah, I mean that's... and then just stalked the family for a chance where they somehow turned their back for a second because yeah. that's all it takes. Yep. As we all know, because, uh, hello, I almost got kidnapped when I was a child, which is horrendous. And it literally only takes a second of you being by yourself. So. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the theory that every other suspect they've contemplated. Like, there was somebody just watching them and they knew when their moment was. Yeah. But it's weird, too, because the family, they did go a couple of times back to the room. Imagine coming back to the room to check on the child oh, and he's God. like in there taking her at that moment. Why couldn't it have worked out like that? Oh, I would have murdered him on the fucking spot. And limb from limb. I would have ripped him apart like a mama lion like you don't even know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have happened. Yeah, yes. 100%. 100%. Well, hopefully... Fingers crossed. If you are listening to this on release day, uh, the third... Hopefully we have some good news today, um, and Portugal being, I think, six hours ahead of East Coast time where we are, we should know pretty early. We should know in the morning, right? Um, well, 
But if you're listening to this after, uh, I hope we're celebrating. I hope we are. I hope we are. That poor baby. Well, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to bring everybody down this early in the morning, but it might be actually... It might, it might, might be, be. It might work out. Might be the runway to good news. I'm literally trying to stay positive yeah. about it <laughs> in a world that's so negative. Because we still have a full week, they can accomplish a lot in a week. Yeah, let's. I'm really. I think they're they're gunning for this guy. So. Oh yeah, the, big time. They know there's international pressure on them. They're gonna button everything up and they're gonna go as they hard as they to. can. They have to. Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh, it's making me so <laughs> anxious. Well, to distract ourselves, let's finish the story that we began last week. Oh, this guy. This is the backstory of the man at the center of the Sarah Lawrence sex cult scandal, Larry Ray. This POS. Larry was born Lawrence Greco. Oh, no. In Brooklyn, New York in 1959. He would eventually adopt the last name of Ray in honor of his stepfather, who is and was very close to Larry, even to this day. Mm. The most up-to-date information that I was able to find actually seems to indicate that Talia is living with him in North Carolina right now. With the stepfather? With the stepfather. So her step-grandfather? Yeah. Oh. I don't know know if that's still the case, but the most up-to-date information that I came across uh, seemed to indicate that that's where Talia was at the moment. I wonder if she... Does she think that her... We'll get into that. Father is... Uh, okay, because we'll, I was going to say, yeah. is she like on her dad's side or like oh, what? Oh, big time. Oh, get out! Oh, big time. Get out! Oh, God. All right, fine. Good. Yeah. Let's just let's just roll with it because now... How can you... Okay, nope. Go ahead. Nope. Changing his name was just one example of the ways Larry would change himself. <laughs> Someone who knew Larry back in the 80s described him as, quote, a chameleon. He could be a good old boy or a patriot. Or he'd pull out a pipe and fake glasses, and he'd be an intellectual. He would juggle ten different people at the same time, telling each of them one piece of a story he wanted them to know and convincing them that he wanted them to be part of his master plan. Who hangs out with these people, though? Because a guy like that immediately, I know guys like that. Oh, red flag, big time, yeah. Make my skin crawl. My intuition kicks in and I go, I'm, no. You're a human red flag. Get away from from me. me. You're a walking red flag. Yeah. And who's like, wow, this guy's so interesting. I'd love, I'd love to hear more. No, shut the fuck up and get away from me. I love when he switches from being a good old boy to putting on his fake glasses and pipe and being coming an intellectual. <laughs> like, I have, fuck He's off. He's a real chameleon. Yeah, have, oh, is he? He's no a real piece of shit. Well, we were watching that Hillsong documentary, and oh god, the uh, the leader of the New York church there, Carl Lentz. God. Which is the type of douchebag oh that I would probably have been attracted to in my younger years, in which Michael was sitting on the couch, literally losing his oh mind God. about how much he hates this guy you have and no everything idea. he's about. You have no idea how riled he up he was, like spitting nails oh at the TV, God. and I was just sitting here like giggling to myself because he was so. Wor- I'm usually the one. Oh yeah, that's worked up. Oh yeah. You've never heard Michael get this worked up. It was great. Yeah, find some of his uh, footage on wherever the hell you can find it and hate him with me. Oh, he's such a douche. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) 
it was the 1980s that first saw Larry trying to ingratiate himself into places where he was, uh, where he perceived power to be. Uh. He would try to hobnob with politicians, top military officials, restaurateurs. How and is he getting owners. close to these people? His chameleon-like nature. Oh, get on. <laughs> okay. All right. He even tried, and according to many reports, succeeded <clears throat> to cultivate mob ties. <sighs> He just walked up to a mobster and was like, hey, I'd like to rub elbows with you guys. And they were like, yeah, come in. We're super trusting people. Oh, yeah. Get in here. Yeah. Not how. Okay. All right. How, though? How? A, a capo, name withheld for my <laughs> own safety. capo. From the. Uh, say. Capo. Capo, Michael. <laughs> come whatever. on. Whatever. We're teaching you. We're teaching you. Well, do you want me to say Genovese? Genovese? It's. Genovese? It's Genovese. Yeah. So there you go. It's okay. not Genovese. It's, it's yeah. the Genovese crime family. Well, a Se- capo from the Genovese <laughs> crime family. A capo from the Genovese crime family. Attended Larry's wedding in 1988. Mm, great, great. Imagine he walks into the fucking wedding, hands you that bag of cash. Oh, you know God. what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. The money bag. On this day. <laughs> on this day. On my daughter's wedding day. <laughs> and may your first <laughs> child... Be, be a, a masculine, masculine child. child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of the bullshit that Larry would shovel to get into relationships with these different types of people always had just the faintest whiff of truth to them. He seemed to be able to talk his way into or out of anything. I can't believe these people bought his shit. For example, despite not having a college degree, Larry worked for a firm on Wall Street in the early 80s and <laughs> later became a, quote, consultant. What? Taking on clients in various industries, ranging from insurance cool. to construction cool. to finance and even to casinos. So he Jeffrey Epstein'd his way in. Yeah, he just pretended cool. to know what he was talking about and then told other people how to run their business. I'm literally just going to stroll into the New York Stock Exchange yeah. and act like I know what's going on. I mean, that's apparently all it takes. Or at least that's all it would have taken in the 80s. And I don't know shit about it. He even claimed partnership in a popular and exclusive Italian restaurant where he once held a political fundraiser for Patrick Kennedy in 1993. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These guys really moving in some big circles. Well, he also found his way into nightclub ownership, owning one in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. He even made moves to try to convince Peter Gatton, a very well-known owner of some of the most exclusive clubs in New York City at the time, to sell two of his Ma- Manhattan locations to Larry. To him. Yeah didn't go for it well i would say no i'm gonna give you my business that i built from the ground up yeah get out of here no go back to scotch plains huge connections seemed to be what larry lived for to larry uh it really was all about who you know frank di tomaso was a friend of larry's and he ran a large construction firm of course he did (laughs) of course he did during one opportunity to testify against larry Tommaso recounts hiring Larry to make introductions. Quote, here he is dealing with government officials, very credible and prominent politicians. He introduced me to marine generals and colonels. What? D. Tommaso himself wasn't exactly the most savory of characters, but <laughs> we'll get back to him a little later. Oh, God. Oh, no. But we don't have to wait till next week. It's this, just like, a little just bit later. This group of men who just yeah. puff out their chests and don't actually fact check anything? Correct. They just sit around in a... Uh, room full of cigar smoke and yeah you know regale each other with tales of their glory 
lives built on machismo. (laughs) Cool. If you recall from our previous episode, Larry was very into the Marine Corps and exceptionally proud of his service. According to official records, however... Great, but now you've just uh, tainted that whole... Tell me he wasn't... Okay, I'm not even going to say anything. (laughs) According to official records, however... Oh, no. (laughs) Larry's military service was limited to 19 days in the Air Force in 1981. (laughs) That's fucking fraud. 19 days. I hope that people that have really dedicated their lives... Oh, yeah. ...to service... Yeah. ...just beat the snot out of him for pretending he's this, like, huge military not hero. only was it only 19 days it wasn't even the same branch it was the air force it yeah. wasn't the marines <laughs> yeah. either um, <laughs> but somehow he hung around many prominent marines including general charles Pittman and retired marine commandant <laughs> colonel jessup <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of guy he would have code red as oh we my, all know oh my god he would have loved jessup oh he would and jessup would have loved this oh they would have been like two fast friends peas in a pod uh, so Charles Pittman is a general and a retired Marine Commandant, General James L. Jones. Larry claimed that he and Pittman once planned an operation to capture and extradite Asada Shakur from Cuba. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Just planning. Sounds great. Just planning operations. <laughs> hey, on Saturday, guess what we're going to do? No, we're not going to the strip club again. Think big. <laughs> Uh, are you going to go extradite a potential terrorist from Cuba? Bingo! Whoa! How did <laughs> I guess? In the early 90s, Larry saw a potential economic possibility after the collapse of the Soviet Empire. <laughs> okay. He tried to make contacts in the newly burgeoning Russian economy, uh-huh. even contacting the CIA in how, his attempts. How, how do you just contact the CIA or like Russian ops and go... Hey, guys, um, I know you don't know me, um, former Marine. I don't know if you – my glory precedes me. But um, I'd like to just get involved, make some contacts here, see how I can help Russia. I want to put the pieces together for you. I want to help you make Russia great again. Funny you say that. Oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet, but funny you say that. No. Speaking of Russia – Larry was fond of repeating the claim that NATO was the group that sent him to Moscow in 1999 to deal with that pesky ceasefire situation in Kosovo. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, as he was regaling the college kids about retrieving missiles. As an aside to the Kosovo situation, Larry himself admitted he knew nothing about the war, but knew he could get the job done anyway. (laughs) Which is a clever... I mean, it's not clever. It's not clever at all. But it's a way that... He can claim I negotiated this ceasefire. Oh, really? What about this? how did you? Yeah. Get oh, past I don't know anything genocide? about the war. I yeah. just know how to talk to people. Exactly, and that's the bullshit meter going off the charts for people who want to look even a little bit closely at this guy. I mean, how they is anyone never... not? That's yeah. like walking into a school and yeah. going, "Hi, I'd like to work amongst your teens." Yeah. And they go, what are your credentials? And he goes... I just spend a lot of time around teens. I don't have teaching credentials, but I know how to talk to young adults. Right. And they go, oh my God, come come right in and mingle amongst our children. No. No. Just... Just fuck off. Please be a little bit 
Can suspicious people, of people. Please be a lot suspicious of people. Never mind a little. I mean, you gotta be suspicious. You know that? Don't be suspicious. Don't, no, <laughs> be suspicious. Yeah. Be very suspicious. Suspic- yes, please. Uh, yeah, but even the tiniest bit of suspicion would have just found this guy Would have blown out. this guy's well, story out of yeah. the water. I don't believe it happened. You don't believe it happened. <laughs> and when <laughs> anyone else would tell Larry that they didn't believe it happened, he would bring out one of his prized possessions. Larry had a letter written on official NATO letterhead thanking him for Which his you quote. just fake. Yeah. <laughs> thanking him, quote, for his efforts to ensure good communication and understanding between ourselves and the Russian leadership. <laughs> That doesn't, that's not a letter that exists. In their attempt to test the veracity of this document, the journalist who wrote the original article on Larry, the one from The mm-hmm. Cut, New York Magazine, um, that I mentioned last week that I drew a lot of this information from, they contacted the man whose signature appears at the bottom of the letter, NATO official Chris Donnelly. Mm-hmm. A quote from Chris. Oh, God. I remember him being around. He was connected and may have made some calls for us, as many other people did at the time. I wrote a letter for anyone who was involved. <laughs> so you be the judge on what that actually means. He literally just writes le- This guy yeah. is just handing out yeah. letters and commendations. He yeah. doesn't care. Right. He's getting paid either way. Right. Now is when we have to really get into Larry's relationship with Bernie Carrick the man who would be at the center of most of Larry's later conspiracy theories during his time with the Sarah Lawrence students. In 1995, Larry first met Carrick when he was a new detective on the NYPD. Carrick was, Mm -hmm. not Larry. Carrick had recently been promoted from being then-mayor Giuliani's driver to the director of New York City Department of Corrections Investigations Division. They so they, hell of a so, leap. So he did nothing. <laughs> so he wasn't investigating crap. He, he just, went from driving. Yeah, he's not going to investigate this anybody. Cousin so he's around. supposed to be the guy who investigates the correctional officers in case of misconduct. Because that's not going to happen. He's just going to let shit go. The thing Carrick liked a lot about Larry. Oh God, was his charisma, which he described as quote macho and quote streetwise. But it was mostly the connections Larry claimed to have that attracted Bernie. He's a, he's a hoodlum. The pair of he's a hoodlum. Oh yeah, we'll get into just how much of a hood. <laughs> he when is. was I born? He's a hoodlum. What? He's a big time hood. Uh, <laughs> the pair did become friends, and Carrick would ask Larry to be his best man when he got married a few years later, oh even signing emails. Love B. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. Here's the thing. What's the thing? Tell me the thing. We're best friends. Correct. Like best friends. Yes. Like we have sleepover parties and like we spend like four code, days. Codependency very is real. Emotionally codependent yes. best friends. I don't sign off my, well, first of all, I don't send emails because right. I'm not 1,000 yeah. years old. But when I text you, I'm not like, love Jay. Uh, like, we, and we are best friends. Yes. Yeah. And we are, mm, I don't know about this. Mm-mm. Were they just friends? <sighs> were they friends or were they friends? There's nothing to indicate that they were friends. But who's to say? Do you... Have you ever signed off a message to one of your just friends? I've never signed a message to anyone ever with that. <laughs> like, love, Mike. No. <laughs> never. Seems suspicious, to say the least. 
during Larry's time in Russia, he befriended a man named Pavel Palazachenko. Pavel just so happened to be Mikhail Gorbachev's personal interpreter. <laughs> For our younger listeners, running Miguel Gorbachev, or Mikhail Gorbachev, rather, was the former president of the USSR. Which is now Nothing. Russia. <laughs> For all of you youngsters yeah. who have never heard but, the USSR. But Gorbachev was still a very prominent political figure even after the fall of the Soviet Empire. Uh, he was still big on the world stage. In 1997, Larry somehow was able to find his way into being the official host when Gorbachev visited New York. <laughs> How the hell I, did this happen? He knew Paula Zachenko, who was close and necessary to Gorbachev's operation, and okay, he probably pulled those strings. I, the, the, I, okay. He was not qualified. For anything. Correct. The duties of playing host included arranging security and transportation. And by way of fulfilling transportation responsibilities, Larry drove the former president of the Soviet Union, one of the most powerful men in the world, yeah. around in his personal car. Come TFO. Come the fuck on with this. You This and guy Nobody thought this was strange. He's like, driving him around in like his Nissan Altima. Yeah. Like what's happening? <laughs> like what is happening? Gorbachev's visit wasn't just limited to New York. He also visited Los Angeles. And I can only keep repeating the word somehow. I looked up this guy, Larry Ray, yeah. Larry Greco. Yeah. Let's call him by his real yeah. name. Picture. Yeah. He looks yeah. like a slime ball. Yeah. Like, he's the type of guy you walk by on the street and you get that, like, the skivolza, like, you get that yeah. tingle up your back oh, yeah. where you know he's, like... Not a good dude. Mm -hmm. Your intuition like kicks in, and your and your your brain in the recesses of your brain go stay away from this guy. Yeah, and you cross over to the other side of the street. How are none of these people who are in charge of entire countries? countries. Yeah, they don't have this instinct. Uh, I don't know. I, Maybe I, they shouldn't be running the goddamn country. Well, typically, people with that much power are so inwardly focused that it, they wouldn't even catch it anyway. Like they're Come so on, though. Self-preservation, at least. If you're so focused on yourself, yeah. then self-preservation at the very least. If uh, you're not worried about everybody else around you. Right. Are you not worried about yourself? Uh, yeah, who's driving me around would be a pertinent question. Yeah. In this Nissan Altima. <laughs> <laughs> His Hyundai Elantra. Yeah. Like, what's happening? Kia Sorento. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, Mr. Gorbachev. <laughs> Please, allow me. Let me get the door to my 1984 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah, the door's a little tricky. Don't mind the cigarette burn hole in the back seat. Oh, uh, the window, you can't, you have to roll the window, but you have to hold it because yeah. it's off the track. <laughs> like, what? And uh, don't mind the automatic seatbelt that will uh, yeah. choke you. Don't worry about that. <laughs> don't move the floor mat. There's actually yeah, there's a, a hole, hole that there. you can see right to the ground underneath you. So just leave that where where it is, please. Thanks. Uh, if you are curious what Larry Ray looks like and you haven't checked out our Instagram for last week's episode, uh, there are some images of him on that post and there will be for this post as well. So you He's can gross. check that out. Uh, so, again, somehow, I... <laughs> This one boggles my mind even more than the Gorbachev stuff. Well, this is all part of the Gorbachev stuff, but how he, he yeah. swung this. Yeah. He coordinated a meeting between 
The Russian, and Robert De Niro. <laughs> what is happening? This is fake. This is a made-up story. According to the article from this The Cut. sounds like a made-up, made-for-TV, lifetime movie bullshit story. According, according to the article from The Cut, De Niro remembers thinking it was odd that, quote, this guy was the one who arranged the meeting. Thank you, Robert De Niro. Finally, a hero somebody with <laughs> Somebody with a scintilla of intelligence about them. Just a scotch yeah. of instinct. I don't know how how that happened. Uh, I would like, also like to meet Robert De Niro. This? Even Robert De Niro was like, who the fuck is yeah. this guy? And Robert De Niro would have broken that oh, motherfucker's legs. He should have just he, broken oh. him in half when he had the goddamn chance. But, uh, Mr. De Niro, if you're listening... <laughs> Because I'm sure you have a Google alert for every time your name pops up in anything. I would very much <laughs> oh, like his, to meet you as well. His lawyers do, I'm yes. sure. They're like, well, we're going to have to sue this. These two these two people on a podcast mentioned you and they uh, alluded to the fact that you might have broken someone's legs had you had the chance. Yeah. And we're going to sue them now and well, put it on my tab because I'm broke. So. I mean, it'd be worth it if he showed up to Can court because he's not getting anything from either of either us. Either of us. So we'd yeah. at least get to meet him. Imagine <laughs> I'm in like blowing kisses in the courtroom like, hello, I'm Mrs. blowing kisses Genero. too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, hello. Uh, I'd love to visit you in Tribeca. Let's go to the film festival together. I'll make you my famous pasta sauce. But mm. I call it gravy mm. and don't come at me with some bullshit. Uh, no. If anybody <laughs> would appreciate the differentiation between sauce and gravy, it is Robert De Niro. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> He can invite Scorsese along and we'll have a nice family meal. Oh, a nice family meal. It'll be great. It was during the New York leg of the journey that Larry did a personal favor for his friend, Bernie Carrick. Mm. Larry, B. Well, B. Well, B, of course. <laughs> Larry also set up a sit-down between Gorbachev and Giuliani. Pictures of that meeting brought national attention to the mayor, and I'm sure just by total coincidence... Giuliani named Carrick commissioner of the New York Department oh, sure of Corrections. I'm sure he earned that on his Shortly merit. thereafter... That was probably on his own merit that he earned, Michael, it's, through it's, years of toiling for yeah, the city's good. For driving him and then being promoted <laughs> to a position that he wasn't qualified for and then had being no promoted to another in. position. Yeah. yeah, Commissioner of the New York Department of Corrections because Giuliani said so. Yeah, cool. Because he got to meet a guy with a I mean, we all know that Giuliani's on, on the up and up. So, I mean, I, I yeah. trust all his decisions clearly. Of course. Keeping the quid pro quo going, Larry started leveraging Carrick for his contacts in law enforcement. One of the most... So he's blackmailing his friend. Basically. His best friend. Love B. (laughs) I can't wait to blackmail you. I need all your contacts, Mike. Yeah. And if not, I'm going to blackmail you. I hate to break it to you. (laughs) You are the only person I know. (laughs) So... Damn it. I can get you your own number if you'd like. Damn. Damn. One of the most consequential introductions that Carrick made for Larry was with a guy named Gary Err. U-H-E-R. Okay. U-H-E-R. 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 That's just like a... It sounds like a burp. Yeah. <laughs> Gary... Like I'm when sorry. you're at dinner yeah. and you don't want to burp and you hold it in and you go like... Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Pardon. I was going to call him Gary. <laughs> yeah. Let's call him, I'll call him G. Gary happened to be an FBI agent... Who just happened to be working on organized crime cases? How do all these happenstance? Which Larry just happened to have some information about. <laughs> okay, this is all very convenient. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Gary took Larry <laughs> on. A- <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh, if the next words out of your mouth are, <laughs> they went to meet Barry and Harry, I'm going to jump over the table and just have to, I'll, I'm going to tackle you. And they you. all argued about who got to date Sally. <laughs> I'm going to tackle you. Uh, he took Larry on as an informant, and they started meeting three or four times a week. It's a lot to say. It seems like a lot of meetings. The most tantalizing pieces of information that Larry seemed to have were about a, quote, pump and dump stock scheme. <laughs> that is not where I thought you were going. <laughs> that is not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> because you did. Bump and dump, and then you gave me this look, and I was like, "Oh shit! What is? What are you about to say?" And then you—that's not where I thought you were going. We please, can we do video podcast so you guys can see what he does to me? Oh my god! Don't air quote pump and dump, and then give me that knowing look, and then bamboozle me yet again. I mean, that's that—that that is what it's called. I know, but. Okay, then you just say it without the air, because the air quotes imply that you're <laughs> inferring something else is going on. I was attempting to elicit this very reaction. Yeah, well, you got what you wanted, as usual. So he's involved in this stock market scheme, which obviously involves undervaluing, overvaluing, yeah. inflating the price, and then selling for it to then crash. Yeah. He knew this scam was being run by a capo. It, oh, very good. In the Gambino crime family. Okay, that's that's acceptable. This man was named Eddie Garofalo. Okay. Garofalo. Garofalo, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Larry dangled the possibility that he could provide some case-making information to Gary, but he soon told Gary that Garofalo <laughs> put out a hit on him. As you would if you're going right. to spew information around. Because of what Claire... <clears throat> Because of what Larry claimed to be involved in and what was known about Garofalo. <laughs> Garofalo. Garofalo yeah. is how yeah. I would say it as an American Jew. The <laughs> FBI took the possibility seriously. Okay. According to actual FBI reports, they paid out nearly $10,000 for a home security system for Larry. Come. Okay. Those are my tax dollars, but okay. This wasn't turning into a very good deal for the FBI. Well... And internal reports started to describe Larry as unreliable, who would just give enough information to stay relevant, but not come through with anything ultimately useful. This is useful. the FBI. Yeah. If they're being hoodwinked, yeah. then why do they exist as an organization? <sighs> is that not the fucking point of the FBI? Yeah. Now To suss out bullshit and stop crimes? Gary apparently wasn't very good at it. After a few years Come of on, this arrangement, get out. Gary finally came to the realization that Larry had been stringing him along, him and the agency it along. It took him years to figure this out. It would have taken me about three yeah. days. He, he had this epiphany. Larry's been stringing him and the agency along to cover up his own involvement in the very scheme he was supposed to be snitching no on. No shit. Flipping shit. One FBI document says, quote, Gary hates Larry for all of his lies. <laughs> Gary hates Larry. 
It sounds like a children's it book. It sounds like a children's book. Gary hates Larry for all of his lies. Oh, it's like Goofus and Gallant over yeah. there. Goofus does. <laughs> Don't be a Goofus. Don't be a Goofus. Be a Gallant. Don't worry too much about Gary. <laughs> for a time, yeah. he managed to work as a bodyguard for Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Which now I see why he said. Which consequently happened because of an introduction made by Bernie Carrick. B. Yeah. Did they call each other B and D? Well. We don't know how close they are. Who knows? I mean. In March 2000, federal prosecutors in Brooklyn indicted 19 defendants, including Larry, for their involvement in the fraud scheme. Okay. Larry was charged with agreeing to pay a $100,000 bribe to the executive of a bond brokerage on behalf of Garofola. <laughs> okay, you can stop. Okay. You, okay. I think that's the last time his okay, name's in here anyway. Uh, prosecutors acknowledged that Larry had provided useful background information to the FBI, but nothing that had helped the investigation in any significant way. In fact, well, they why argued... Why allow that to continue for years, though? Well, in fact, they claimed Larry had repeatedly lied to the FBI, which... I think would have made them more aggressive with him, not more lenient. Yeah, why are they allowing this? I don't know. This was the prosecutors saying these things. In asking for leniency, Larry pointed to his effort to help the U.S. Leniency? government. Leniency? Well, you just hoodwinked one of the biggest organiza- crime organizations. Yeah. Or organizations that supposedly, supposedly right. fight crime in the entire country. You want leniency? Sure I'd be does. like, you're getting doubled down. We're doubled down on you, bitch. Like, you would you're... think, but... Come on. Larry pointed to his efforts to help the U.S. government in other capacities. No. Like the ceasefire. No. In addition to his work in Kosovo, he said Gary had once dispatched him to Russia to learn now infamous Trump crony Felix Sater, involved in the whole Trump Tower Moscow debacle before the presidential run that the whole emails and the meeting and all of that shit so he was involved in that uh so felix was an unindicted co-conspirator in the scheme back in the united states gary for whatever reason sent larry to go bring him back Why? why would he do that why i don't know larry also claimed to have recovered stinger missiles off the black market and for the u.s government Something Seder has also reportedly done. Okay. All of these guys asking for leniency, but I got missiles. Great. No, Good no, you for didn't. you. you. Good for but, you. You've also been lying to the government right. for years. Good for you, but also you didn't. Right. This approach wasn't working for Larry, and when conviction and real jail time were seeming unavoidable, he took one last stab to try to avoid them. He appealed to his old pal, Bernie. <laughs> his best friend, B. Who had been given another high-powered job the top job, commissioner of the NYPD. I'm going to just start hanging around in circles yeah. and just be promoted to, like, the captain of police of the state, even though I've had never been to the academy. Right. Um, and you just used to be a driver for somebody. <laughs> yeah. Who just happened to, to become mayor. <laughs> I like, used to work for Instacart. Yeah, there I you used go. To do you drove Instacart. for a lot of people. Drove a lot. I drove for a lot of people, man. Yeah. I'm so qualified. Like, right. Get in, Mr. President. Like, what... Larry wrote... <laughs> get into my Honda Fit, <laughs> Mr. Biden. <laughs> Just get in. Larry wrote an impassioned email begging Carrick to, quote, be there for me. Um, <laughs> but now, This friendship is a little bit like uh, 
the Hugh Hefner and Dr. Saginaw oh, yeah. <laughs> friendship, which I think was a little bit more than a friendship, Michael. One could say. <laughs> but Carrick obviously could not intervene for numerous reasons, not least of which was this was a federal case. Well, yeah. So use your brain, Larry. His response back to Larry the next day said as much and concluded, quote, I'm sure you understand. <laughs> and that was the wrong fucking I still thing love to say. You. <laughs> well, I'm sure love you me. not helping and saying, I'm sure you understand was the wrong thing to say to Larry. Well, yeah, because clearly he's as, not going to understand. Yeah, as the rest of this story his will way. say. Yeah. To avoid prison, Larry pled guilty to securities fraud. And in 2003, he was sentenced to five years probation. At his sentencing hearing, the judge accused Larry of, quote, manipulating the court and promised to, quote, throw the book at him if he violated his probation. Why don't you just throw the book at him right now? He's clearly... (laughs) He's very clearly a flight risk. Yeah. He very clearly has connections all over the world. Yes. Probation's not going to cut it. No. Why are the people... why... why, Why are the people in power the stupidest people on the planet? How the fuck do they rise to the top when there's people with a modicum of common sense that could clearly do the job better because as a species we have evolved have evolved into a caucasian male dominated society so you can just be any white dude off the street and you walk into rise, the White House and will, go, I'd love to be your main advisor. Yeah. And they go, please come in, white man, generic white man. And uh, and the general philosophy of the white man is to rise to the level of your incompetence. And if you are super incompetent, there is no <laughs> limit to how high you <laughs> can climb in limit. America. Oh, my God. Why do, why do the rest of us even bother bettering ourselves, uh, getting higher education, you know, working in the community, volunteering. Just why are we? Why do any of us bother then? If they're skimming from the bottom of the barrel, yeah, I, this is. I have this no is answer. Ye oldy horseshit. Yes. <laughs> this is bullshit. As Larry was heading downhill, Bernie Carrick was catapulting to national fame. I'm gonna start doing the bare minimum at my job. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like Giuliani. He became high profile after 9-11 and was appearing regularly on TV. The city even renamed the Manhattan Jail to be the, quote, Bernard B. Carrick Complex. Come on. It all culminated in George W. Bush nominating him to be the Secretary of Homeland Security. (laughs) The high times wouldn't last long for Carrick, and just a week later, he withdrew his name from consideration. Why? His reasoning? He had once employed an undocumented nanny. Oh. So he so, said, he, you know, yeah, he's, he wasn't upholding. He's trying to avoid. Yeah. Uh... That's what he said. Oh, no. Come on. That's not the real story. Just two days after the withdrawal, the Daily News broke a story that chronicled a slew of indiscretions stemming <laughs> from his relationship with Larry specifically. Yeah, of course, because these guys are two disgusting peas. In a pod of shit. The story alleged that Larry had paid for Carrick's wedding, bought Carrick $4,300 worth of furniture, and given him a customized Tiffany police badge. That seems like a lot to do for your 
quote, air, air quotes, quotes friend. friend that you're involved in your because I'll tell you what if you ever get married if you think I'm paying for your wedding <laughs> well I got news for you even if I had the money I don't, I'd yeah. be like no that's your you no, no I, I got, didn't tell you to get married don't don't you worry about about that <laughs> still trying to still trying to fix you up with a lovely lady don't waste your time how <laughs> could the paper have uncovered so much damning information on Carrick. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Maybe they just did the bare minimum at their job and they came up with a slew of things. Yeah. And they gave this story to the worst beat reporter yeah. <laughs> that they had. And this, and they this, only found this person broke the story yeah. wide open doing basically nothing. You know, especially all of these allegations seem to center around Larry. Right. Larry's buying this. Yes. Larry's doing this. Well, Larry, it turns out, was the primary source for the story. <laughs> so he just fed the whole yeah. bullshit about himself. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm gonna write a story about myself in which I'm the hero. Yeah, and uh, oh, sorry, the heroine, yeah. not the uh, the drug, right. or maybe a little of both. Mm, I no. don't know. Who knows, Mike? But it's gonna paint me in a very good light. Oh, yo, Larry wanted revenge, and he got it. <laughs> Carrick was publicly shamed. His name was taken off the jail. An affair. <laughs> they removed his name yeah. from a jail. Yeah. From a jail. You're too much of a scumbag to be on jail. Criminals. Yeah. Yeah. And you, sir, are the biggest criminal of all. So we're gonna. They should have left his name on the jail. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Welcome home. Welcome. Sir. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. We're all family here. When you're here, you're, you're family. <laughs> as as evidenced by the the endless breadsticks <laughs> that they already have. <laughs> Unlimited toilet wine and breadsticks. Oh, God. An affair Carrick was having became public, and he faced a slew of charges on the local, state, and federal levels. Oh, my God, these people. He was just up to no good. Yeah. Flash forward to 2009, Carrick pleaded guilty to felony tax and false statement charges and served three years in prison. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. This sequence of events... And what he perceived... He must now be on the warpath for Larry. Does he know that Larry... He does. ...fucked him off? He okay. does. Uh, but this sequence of events and what he perceived as a betrayal by his friend shifted something inside Larry. So ha- not having Carrick have his back when he needed him to get him off the hook with yeah. this federal charge, which, which how is that even going to work? Right. And then seeing the damage that he could do with just a story that he told. Yeah snapped Do people something. not check their... Isn't the first rule of journalism... Those, that, all journalism that stuff was true. All that stuff was true. He did buy him the Tiffany police badge. He did buy him... Okay, Fern. but all he's that the was one true. giving all the... Right. But this was public corruption stuff. Larry yeah. wasn't the one at fault, yeah. technically, because he didn't have the power, quote-unquote. Oh, oh. So it do- was... Does he have power or does he not have no, power? No, he doesn't we, have power. We can't flip-flop back and forth. This guy's like, I have all this power. Yeah. I have no power. Right. But this like, is why Carrick got in trouble for it all. Uh, but knowing that that was effective, as much of a manipulative asshat as Larry was before, <laughs> yeah. this this marks a turning point in him. He was always out for himself, but now his motive started to shift from being merely self-serving to being vindictive and malicious. He was becoming the Larry that would torture the kids from Sarah Lawrence. I think he was always like that. But... He was realizing he could be outwardly like that. Back in he's, 2004. He's realizing his full potential. Yeah. He's as actualizing. A, as a, as a sh- sh- dirt bag. Yeah. Back in 2004, 
Larry's wife, Teresa, files for divorce. Shockingly, Larry is displeased. And a few months later, Teresa calls the police to report that Larry had hit her. Can you imagine sleeping with this grease ball? This, like... Ugh, ugh, I just got... Ugh, my skin just crawled. (laughs) He's definitely on speed. Probably on steroids. Like, I don't know, he's... He's a mess. When the police arrive at the house, however, Larry and Talia launch into a totally different story. Talia, who was 15 at the time, accused Teresa of child abuse. This is not her mother, or is this her her mother? mother? Is this her natural mother? Yes. Great. As a result of the accusation, Larry is granted temporary custody. Over the next few months, the Child Welfare Department of New Jersey received multiple anonymous complaints accusing Teresa of physical and sexual abuse. Oh, come Talia also accused her grandfather, cousin, and aunt of abusing her. Yeah, the whole family. Yeah, okay, okay, sure. Larry created websites and posted graphic accusations of child abuse against Teresa and her family. Why would you do that? To it, it, It's clearly not true. But let's say in an alternate universe it was true. Yeah. Why would you do that to yeah. your daughter? Daughter, yeah re-traumatize her permanently on the internet would you do that and the fact that it's not true yeah not only are you harming all the people that you're accusing yeah you're harming first and foremost your child and you're poisoning a system who becomes less prone to believe real accusations first of all cps yeah sucks as it it is yeah don't give them and an excuse. And now you're making false yeah. allegations? Yeah. Don't give them an excuse to not take something seriously. Jesus. F- like, come on, dude. Often, Larry's blogs featured letters supposedly written by Talia that read like journal entries. One letter written to Teresa begins with, quote, You were the single most dangerous thing to me in my entire life. But... I think we can feel comfortable agreeing that Talia didn't write that. I mean, or probably any of the posts on any of the websites. How is this girl still standing by? He, this she knows all the stuff that her dad's done. Mm-hmm. She knows it. She was there for most of it, and she's still yeah. standing by him. Yep. You've so she's clearly been poisoned. Po- poisoned by this guy, or she's got the same screw loose that her father does. Yeah, probably both. She was probably Maybe susceptible both. to it. There were investigations into the accusations. And they all concluded the same thing. Teresa had not abused her children. Teresa's lawyers commissioned a psyche valve for all of the members of the family. And the one done on Larry that was submitted to the court described him as, quote, literally impossible to evaluate because he is able to manipulate and control almost any situation in which he finds himself. No. Including a psychological interview with a forensic examiner, no matter how experienced that examiner may be. Bullshit. You're not going to tell me this this guy is... Smarter than every doctor on the goddamn planet who's dedicated their life to studying people's psyche. Yeah. You're not going to tell me that this one random piece of shit guy is, is, is smarter than all of these people? Mr. Ray is very good at what he does. He can be utterly charming, and one can be disarmed by his childlike simplicity and smile. Yeah, so was Ted Bundy, but he still got fucking caught, didn't he? But Mr. Ray is no child. He is a calculating, manipulative, and hostile man. I can't imagine someone actually once Mm. did make an allegation that I hit my kid. Okay. Which (laughs) it 
I've never yeah, done I, in I, my life. I believe that for negative two seconds. Never that, like, in my life. And I was, it, it hit me to the point, like, people have said plenty of things. Listen, I've been called <laughs> worse things by better people yeah. is what I usually say, right? I don't care what you say about me. Mm-hmm. The only thing oh, yeah. that riles me up to the point where I uh, can't even control myself is to talk about my parenting. Yeah. To say I'm a bad parent oh, or that I've ever done something to harm my child. I was so beside myself that I don't even know. I don't even think. I, I couldn't even be. I was so angry that I couldn't even be angry. Yeah, It was so hurtful that someone could put that out there that people might actually mm. some pe- some people right. most people would know it was of bullshit yeah. but that so, even if one person believed it that hurt me to my core so badly that all I could do was sob for like an hour and then of course I told my daughter about it and she just laughed and she was like everybody knows that's not true mom like that's ridiculous but yeah. just the allegation alone hurt me to the point where like I couldn't even function for like an hour thinking someone would actually think that I would lay a hand on my child it was horrible. I mean, I've said it many times. This guy's saying that she sexually molested her and yeah. harmed this child I and mean, let other people in the family harm the child. Yeah. Can you imagine what that does to a parent? Yeah. I mean, she already hated him. They were divorcing. I mean, yeah, but, but like, that is Jesus, really like, insidious. That's next level. Like, I don't know how you can hate anybody I would have strangled him yeah. to... His doom. <laughs> His untimely demise. Yeah. The ultimate conclusion of the report was the determination that Larry manipulated Talia into making the allegations. His powers of manipulation notwithstanding, the report found that Talia's claims, quote, fit no discernible pattern ever reported to this examiner who's been evaluating families for 20 years. Great. Thank you. Somebody who knows his job. The examiner found that neither Talia nor her younger sister had been abused physically or sexually and characterized Larry and Talia's accusations against Teresa as rehearsed. When, now imagine being the child. Well. Being forced to then is, say these things. Or ooh, he's been saying line. them so long that this poor kid actually believes they happened. This next line is going to piss you off. Oh, no. When the examiner asked Talia's four-year-old sister if her mother hit her, she started laughing and responded, quote, that's what daddy tells me to say. No, this MF. Ooh. Told you. Oh my God, dude. Told you. This, whoa. I'm trying to like sit still because if not, I'm going to flail around and I'm probably going to take the whole <laughs> microphone stand and everything's just going to get knocked down because you know I'm going to hit the mic because mm. this is what happens when I get overly excited. So I'm literally just clasping my hands tightly and sitting in a crisscross applesauce <laughs> position so that I don't flail around wildly because I am so mad at anybody ever. And the person who said that Mm -hmm. was someone in my family that I just don't generally get along with. Yeah. And I wanted to commit a a crime when that happened, when they said that. Like, your daughter is grown now, but I still consider you one of the best mothers I've ever seen parent. It's the the best job I ever had. Like, it's the only job I give a shit about. You're such a good mother. I don't care. I still, my daughter will be my baby until I'm dead and then beyond that. Like, that's never going to change. I still will sacrifice to do anything that I can for my daughter. And I'm sorry. That's what just parents do. And if you're not willing to live your life for your children, then don't have kids. I don't know. But that's just the way I feel. I mean, 
that that sent me over the edge. Like you're gonna say that's what? Yeah, I I don't know, I don't know much about Teresa after this whole incident. Yeah, I well, can't her imagine life was she's shit yeah. after that. I can't imagine she's a whole person. No, of course not. Especially Somebody her family got dragged into it too. Against you? Yeah, her dad, her sister. I don't her, care if like, the entire world is yeah. against me. If somebody turned my child against me, yeah. what do I have left? Well, they got dragged into it because they were accused of doing this too. Like, he just carpet bombed the entire family. Yes. The court decreed that Larry turn the kids back over to Teresa, but he refused. The court held him in contempt and charged him with interfering with custody. Okay, put him in jail. He was sent to jail for six months as a result. Talia has been so thoroughly manipulated... That she selected to live in youth shelters while her father was in Get jail. Get out! Rather than live with Teresa. Are again. you kidding me? Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, one time, my sister was a baby. Like a year plus. Like she was walking. Like she she was learning how to like go down the... You know, babies like they'll scooch mm-hmm. downstairs or like they'll climb upstairs, right? So she was yeah. like that age. So that makes me at the time about six. She toddled around? Six, she like, toddled like, like a, a toddler. toddler. Um six-ish change maybe and we lived in so my grandparents owned a two-family picture this we're in the early 80s (laughs) early 80s um my grandparents owned the house they lived on the first floor we lived on the second floor and the hallway in between the two apartments was carpeted the stairs and everything were carpeted and i remember my sister she was going downstairs to my grandparents house she somehow fell she missed a step Oh boy. Basically. And she fell face first. And she hit her mouth like on the rug and she tore, you know, that little, what's that called? The The front, frenium, frenium? The connector thing. The little connector strip of skin like that connects your top lip to your gums. Is it the frenium? I don't know. Anyway, or is that, (laughs) hopefully that's not the opposite side of the body. I don't think it's that. Whoops. No, not, no, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the other words. Right. I'm saying I don't think what you said is, is that. Is that. Yeah. Well, anyway, that little strip that. Of, that little strip yeah. of skin, right? So she, it ripped, bleeding, 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 bleeding. So of course my mother takes her to the hospital because yeah. you know she's freaking out. Yeah. They legit asked my sister, who yeah. literally was a baby, if mommy did that. Did to that to you? I was there and I said, oh, my sister, she said she fell down the stairs. Like my mother was like, are you nuts? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they said, we're talking to her. She was a baby. And I'm like, they were like, well, we're going to ask her. And I'm like, she fell down the stairs. (sighs) They grilled my mom for like, I mean, wait, I mean, as they should, but also here's this dude. Right. Training his kids to say that their mother molested them. Yeah. And, and like people, they were like, okay, yeah, sure. And they would rather live in. Let's take the kids. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they would rather live in American run youth shelters. So That's they're not glamorous not places. Glamorous. And probably, she probably would have got some type of an assault. Oh, yeah. Much, there. much more likely. Yeah. Like, what the flip? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've figured out by now what's really going on here. Larry obviously isn't to blame for any of this. It has all been one massive conspiracy launched against him. Of oh, the federal government, everybody, by, people are just, everyone's against him. Well, specifically Bernie Carrick. Okay, so he's yeah. just getting everyone riled up. Yeah. Against his, quote, friend. Yes. We'll call him L. Yeah. Love B. Yeah. 
a conspiracy theorist named A.J. Weberman was writing a book on Rudy, Giul- Rudy Giuliani and found Larry to use as a source. Oh, no. Larry pontificated, quote, Carrick aligned himself with my wife in 2004 and Giuliani and his whole camp, and he used the family court against me. According, uh, Yeah. Because he has all of this power. Yeah. According to Larry's blog post at the time, judges, prosecutors, police, federal agents, and even his own lawyers were working on behalf of Carrick. Larry gave shifting explanations for Carrick's motivations, sometimes ranging from revenge. Other times, Carrick, along with Giuliani, Bush, and Dick Cheney, don't forget. Come on. (laughs) And this guy really has a... A high opinion of himself. Well, they were all trying to silence Larry because he knew secrets about 9-11. Okay, sure. So it's either simple revenge or he's too dangerous to be kept alive because he knows things. Then pop him in the head and get it over with. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Well, he told the city investigator looking into Carrick that on three occasions, people in mysterious vehicles had pulled up beside him and shot at his car, barely missing him each time. Okay, where's the reports to corroborate that? Or in your uh, Gorbachev mobile, where are the holes? Where's the bullet hole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Kia Sorento. Yeah. As more time passed, every single thing in Larry's life was attributed to Carrick and a giant conspiracy. Yeah, like that. In 2006, Larry was arrested again, this time because his girlfriend at the time accused him of basically holding her hostage in their apartment. Put him in jail forever thank you good night and these crimes will not continue to happen what is happening she claims he pinned her down and covered her nose and mouth with his hands no that's attempted murder brother yeah larry made bail and in one interview with detectives he said that he quote is currently involved in a major government investigation and that this domestic violence incident was made up to place him in a bad light no no that's attempted murder Ultimately, the complaint with, was withdrawn and the charges were dismissed. But we all know that doesn't necessarily mean it didn't happen. This is... Okay, cool. Let's just brush violence against women under the rug like we always do. This is great. The domestic violence arrest was one reason federal prosecutors argued in 2007, just a few years before Talia would enroll at Sarah Lawrence, that Larry had violated his probation in the pump and dump conviction. <laughs> You gotta be careful to violate the pump and dump rules. You don't want to end up with a pregnancy. (laughs) I mean, what? Whoops. Wrong pump and dump. Sorry. The government declared him a fugitive, and U.S. Marshals spent weeks trying to find him. Why it took them weeks, I don't quite understand. Because everybody's got their head up their fucking ass, apparently. Eventually, they tracked his cell phone to our good friend Lee Chen's apartment on East 93rd Street. 93rd Street? Yep. Oh, Five marshals broke down the door and found Larry and Talia inside. The mar- Were they in bed together? Because at this point, nothing would surprise me. Doesn't say. Ugh. The mar- I would just say no, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, who knows at this point? I, I, I don't. How did he manipulate could this be possible. kid yeah. to, to the point? Like, I'm sure he could manipulate her into anything at this point. The marshals pinned Larry to the ground and handcuffed him. And in the process, ended up breaking his arm. Oh, boo-hoo. Oh, no. Larry. Lawrence. According to the Washington Post, who wrote an article about it, one marshal recalled hearing Talia scream, Police corruption! This is because of Mayor Rudy Giuliani and Bernard Carrick! (laughs) Shut up. Yeah. So here's this teenager 
screaming conspiracy conspiracy okay. police corruption you like she's like you know anything honey. she's You're she has child. no mind of her own she has no mind of her own no. at all obviously Carrick denies any involvement in the conspiracy and being interviewed in 2019 for the article in New York Magazine for the cut Carrick is quoted as saying Larry Ray is a psychotic con man is he still who has victimized every friend he's ever had it's been close to 20 years since I last heard from him, yet his reign of terror continues. Is he still in the position? Is he still... Bernie Carrick? Yeah. No. Okay. After getting out of jail, he's not He's really not in the... risen uh, back to prominence. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought maybe that would shoot him right to the top. I'm surprised he's not running for president yeah. at this point. Well, never rule it out. This brings us to Larry's prison term, and we know what happens when he gets out. Yeah. However... Last week, I teased that something happened in September 2015, a few months after the eviction trial was over. Mm-hmm. Larry was in the lobby of the Hudson Hotel with Claudia and Santos when Frank DiTomaso, remember him? Oh, yeah. Saw him. DiTomaso, yeah, was the guy who ran a construction company that used Larry for introductions to meet politicians and the like back in the 90s. So they could get kickbacks. Let's... It was an open secret that DiTomaso's company had mob ties, and it was no secret at all that he and Carrick were close friends. Okay. Surveillance footage from the hotel. First of all, the mob doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of them. No. Surveillance footage from the hotel shows DiTomaso approaching Larry and begins to violently beat him while (laughs) Claudia and Santos try to stop him. No! Kick his ass! This is the part where I was like, you're going to go, yes! (laughs) This is the one, like, fist pump moment that I knew you would have. Beat his ass, Frankie D. Beat his ass, beat his ass, beat his ass, beat his ass. Now, I have not seen the video. I've only seen. Oh, I want to see I've it. I've seen Mike. a still frame. No, we'll let's look it up find after. It. There was a f- a potential theory that Di Tommaso had a lead pipe that he was beating him with. Oh, please, Jesus God! The only thing that would make it better is if he took the top of a fucking garbage can, can, like a Sunny Corleone, <laughs> yeah. and beat the fuck out of him. Oh my God, I would love that. So, I mean, but don't do crimes. The attack was basically retribution against Larry because he gave information to prosecutors that helped with He's lucky. That's all he got. Yeah. He's lucky they didn't pop him in the back of the head. The assault became more fuel for Larry's quest to prove the conspiracy against him. He sent a letter to the then U.S. attorney, Preet Bharara, outlining the conspiracy against him and met with a special agent at the EPA to try to persuade him to investigate the, the poisonings. Environmental protection. <laughs> because of the poisonings. Because they were poisoning his food and beverage. <laughs> no, they weren't doing anything of the sort. mercury and other heavy metals. Excuse me. He that... would be very ill. You can't even get a thermometer with yeah. mercury in it anymore. A lady came into my job and asked me if we still sold those. And I was like, no. And she said, why? And I said, it's not the mercury. Yeah. It's not the 70s anymore. Sorry. <laughs> so he meets with the EPA to try to get them to investigate the poisonings. It didn't exactly work out that way for Larry. New York authorities opened the investigation into him as a result of the article being published in The Cut. Okay. Which the, he yes. was trying to... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in front of. Yeah. It didn't really work, that interview, because they interview him as a primary source for, like, the for... very last <laughs> ending of the yeah. article. Yeah. And he's talking about all of this crazy shit. Like, I didn't really include any as of it because it's all self-serving. As a journal, though, yeah. wouldn't you, if you were interviewing this guy... 
first of all, you might be like, this is this uh, my big break. This yeah. could be the story of a lifetime. But then you sit down and speak to him and realize he's cuckoo bananas. Oh, yeah. And then you go, wait oh, a minute. This is even bigger. <laughs> Either that or you go, oh, yeah, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Okay, thank you for your time, sir. And you dip. The investigation culminated in Larry being put on trial for racketeering, sex trafficking, money laundering, and other crimes for a total of 15 charges. Yeah, which should have landed him in jail forever. During the trial, Marnie Lynn Lennox, one of Ray's defense lawyers, said in a summation that his accusers engaged in an ongoing, quote, storytelling that grew out of Ray's notion that there was a, quote, vast government conspiracy of powerful people wanting to cause him harm. His own lawyer basically said their crazy grew out of his crazy, so they shouldn't see they shouldn't be believed. What? What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. He was all caught up in this vast government conspiracy, and then he brings these apparently natural storytellers around him, and they start inventing all of the accusations of what he did in the dorm, in the apartment, no. in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're making all of this Seems- up. Because they're just feeding off of the government conspiracy that isn't actually true. Seems awfully intrinsic. One, like a, you know, to be made up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it just it follows it follows a very logical narrative. Right. Um, One additional story that came to light during testimony at trial was one from Claudia. Claudia, she was the one being forced into sex work by Larry. Yeah. One particular night. Larry handcuffed her to a chair naked and put a plastic bag over her head until she nearly passed out. He repeated this process with the bag several times, bringing her like right to the brink. She's just letting him do this. The supposed reasoning behind this was Claudia had told a client of hers that his name was listed on a website that Larry created. In essence, the site was maintained by Larry Larry as blackmail material against Claudia and presumably the clients. So he just had a website. Did he actually have a website or that he just told them that he had a website that he was keeping names of these Johns on to future, to blackmail them in the future, basically? I guess. Okay, but in case they try to come after him. So Claudia told them about this fake website. Yeah. And so he was mad about it. Yes. And then decided to put a bag over her fucking head. Yeah. Try to kill her repeatedly. I would have killed this dude in his sleep. Larry made Claudia meet a client that very same night. I don't, I don't commit crimes. Well, right. In theory, I would have. (laughs) Right. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. um, So anybody put a bag over my head. um, You have to sleep sometime, and uh, I will get you when you're sleeping. Thank you. Larry made Claudia meet a client that very same night after nearly killing her by suffocation. (laughs) Cool. I don't think that's uh, following union rules there. I mean, that is an aphrodisiac, right? I mean, almost dying yeah, great. makes you super horny. I think <laughs> I think anybody in a hospital can tell you that. Yeah. Like, At this point, she had been working for four years and was paying Larry between $10,000 and $50,000 per week. A week? Culminating in nearly $2.5 million. Hold on. I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He trafficked her in Fifty thousand a week. I don't even let's go on the low end. You said ten. Ten thousand yeah. on the low end. Yeah. A week. A week. That's forty grand a month, Bubba. Yeah. We're in the wrong business. We I, should maybe we should set up a different type of Oh, maybe we should get into a different type of website. And uh fifty thousand a week. Boy oh boy. Yeah. Come on, Mike. He What are you doing up. after this? <laughs> <laughs> How much time do we have today? Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> So he trafficked her and extorted her to the tune of $2.5 million. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's... Yeah. 
Twice during the trial that went on for three and a half weeks, Larry Larry was rushed out of the courthouse on a stretcher after complaining about medical ailments, halting the proceedings for a day or more. Get fucked. You know, he was poisoned. I swear to God. There's pictures. He had like a faint... <laughs> There's pictures of him being taken out on a stretcher that I'll include in the The, the thing is, post. like, okay, oh my God, this fucking... We're almost to the end. You have to, I mean, if somebody says, oh, my heart. Yeah. You ha- you yeah. have to. Just like reports of abuse, you have to you take it seriously. You have to, yeah. even though we all know it's BS. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, but after this happened, like, more than once, I'd be like, well, that's cool. We can, we're can we going to do this remotely from your hospital bed while you're right. hooked up to all these things and getting your fluids or whatever the hell you need. Okay, no. your, your Tylenol 3s or yeah. whatever's going on. And we're going to continue yeah. this procedure. Like We're going to continue with this. You're, this is not going to go on. Right. It doesn't violate your constitutional right You're still getting the present. care you yeah. need. You're getting your care and you're being present at the trial. Exactly. Technology, man. Technology, baby. Isabella, remember her? Yeah. The first one that really kind of jumped on his bandwagon and the first one that he called his wife. Jumped on. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Sorry. Isabella was initially considered a victim during the investigation, but as the case against Larry was building, the DA leveled several charges against her, calling her an accomplice and willing participant. No, but is she an accomplice and a willing participant if he spun her out to the point where she believed all of this? Like, how are you going to say? If he's messed with her mind to the point where... How is she then a willing participant? She's she's been molded into this. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what the differentiation how you make that differentiation because yeah, her why isn't Talia attorney, charged? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, please, Talia is an accomplice. Well, is right. she though? Because she also has been spun around from the time she was a child. The indictment alleges she was quote helping him collect millions of dollars in profits from one of her former classmates whom prosecutors said he had forced to become a prostitute. That's what the indictment says. So because she was... I mean, was, yes, factually, yes. Yeah. But uh, there are no mitigating circumstances that we're taking into account here? Well, I think that will happen at trial yeah. to determine our culpability. But now she's also facing various conspiracy charges, including racketeering, extortion, and sex trafficking. Isabella's family is not pleased by the charges, obviously, well, standing fast in their belief that she was just as brainwashed of a victim as any of the rest. Right. Her defense team successfully lobbied to get her trial separated from Larry's as they were initially going to be tried together. No, ew, no. Definitely separate. Like a true shitburger, <laughs> Larry and his defense team objected. It didn't matter. Elizabeth Isabella's trial was severed. And the most up-to-date bit of information I could find uh, lists her story trial date as july 18th 2022 okay so she's still awaiting trial in the end larry was found guilty on all 15 counts he was charged with good after only five hours of jury deliberation that seems like uh four hours and 58 minutes too long yeah this is a quote from justice.gov ray was convicted of the following crimes racketeering conspiracy which carries a minimum of life in prison oh (laughs) so he's or sorry a maximum of life in prison conspiracy to commit extortion which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison extortion which carries a maximum sentence of 20 sex trafficking 
maximum of life and a mandatory minimum of 15 for okay. just the sex trafficking. So he's so, definitely in for at least 15 yeah. regardless. Obtaining forced labor, maximum of 20. Mm-hmm. Forced labor That's trafficking. Sl- slavery. Let's yeah. call it what it is. Forced labor trafficking, maximum of 20. Conspiracy to obtain forced labor, maximum of 20. Violating the Travel Act, maximum of five. Four counts of tax evasion, each of which carries a maximum of five. And money laundering, which carries a maximum of 20. So that's life plus 150 years as a possibility. Okay. He is scheduled to be sentenced in September of this year. And that was the story of Larry Ray. My birthday. That would be be quite the present. Quite the present for this fucking shitbird. But that was the story of Larry Ray and the Sarah Lawrence sex cult. Well, I think you know what I'm going to say about Larry Ray. Say it. Fuck that guy. Yay. She said the thing. Douche canoe. And, um. What a story. Also. Talia, get yourself some fucking help and stop standing by this guy because I know you love him because he's your family. Yeah. But you're not required to still love him even though he's your family. This is not a Linda Ronstadt situation. (laughs) You don't have to stand by your man. (laughs) Was that Tammy Wynette? Did they both do it? Was it? it? I think it's Tammy Wynette. Tammy Wynette. Great. (laughs) I'm just going to go kill myself now. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) No, come on. Um... This is a crazy story. Yeah. I hope Isabella just gets get the gets off and gets that gets the help, the she, help needs. she needs. Yeah. 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 And I, I hope, hope they this, all get the help they need. And not Larry. Well. I don't want him getting all any the help. Victims. <laughs> I don't want him getting anything except life in yeah. prison. All the Sarah Lawrence people get the Except help for they the need. dean. Yeah. I think he I should also he somehow be in jail for yeah. the rest of his life. I mean, that's it's contributing to the delinquency of whatever. I mean, he's he literally contributed to rape. Mm-hmm. They should charge him with accomplice yeah. as an accomplice to all these crimes. I mean, because happening... he was made aware of it. Yeah, and did nothing. Yeah, and it was happening <laughs> as on... evidenced by my freak out. Yeah. on the last episode, it was happening on his campus too. Hello. It wasn't like they were just students. You're the president yeah. of your tiny country, yeah. which is this college campus. And people have made you aware of heinous crimes going on right under your nose. And you just threw your hands up and yeah. went, Meh. We can't stop a dad from what visiting his daughter. No, it's not. It is what it is. No, no, it's not. It is what it is, sir. And he's not visiting her. He's living there. Sir. <laughs> I use that term loosely. Yeah. You, you fool. Mr. Green. <laughs> it's not what I would call him, but... Well, Mike... It's been a harrowing journey. Sure has. <laughs> I hopefully will get some good news with Maddie McCann. Yes. And hopefully uh, Orsaya Gall's murderer will be. Yeah. Quick in jail. Quick, quick confession. Quick confession. Right in jail. Do we even need a trial? <laughs> I mean, he confessed. Hey, here's a question. If you confess, let's say I kill someone. It doesn't matter. And then matters. I go to the cops and I go, hey. Yeah. Listen, I just killed this guy. Right. Just put me in jail. Right. 
Do you still have to have a trial, yes. or can you just yes? Would so at that the point you just way, have a bench the, trial and you just well, go say no, to the, the judge, only, "I want to go to jail." That's it. I did the it. The only way to avoid it is to plead guilty. You can confess up and down, but if you enter a no guilty plea, you have to go through the trial. No, I'm saying yeah. I'm guilty. Then if you if you plead I guilty, I don't want then, a trial. Yeah. Just put me in jail. Right. Will then, they do that, or yes. do you still have to have no. due process? No. Once you, it's accept a guilty plea. Mm-hmm. The trial goes away. Do you have to still stand in court and say, I'm guilty to the judge? And then yes. he goes, okay, you just yes. go to jail and forever. and then you get sentenced. Yeah. Okay. If you change your plea in the middle of a trial, the trial stops. You have to if you then say not to then, guilty. then prepare and then all that and have the... Well, if you say not guilty and you're, uh, you've been on trial for two days and you're like, shit, this isn't going well, I'm going to plead guilty. Yeah. They stop the trial and you get and that's sentenced. that's it. Yeah. You're like, bye. Yeah. Cool. He should just, they should just do that. Yeah. <laughs> they should just go in front of the judge, go, yes, I murdered her. Yeah. I would like to be put in jail forever now. Yeah. And he like was there. Apparently, he was very calm about it. Like, he just matter-of-factly said, yeah, I did this. And mm-hmm. I wonder if not, I'm not, and please don't take this as I'm excusing this guy for any reason. But if somebody just, either he's just a real maniac. Yeah. Where he just went, yeah, I killed her. Like, I mean, no big deal. I have no feelings about it. It's a lot of stabs But he someone. must have had, fe- so they say like psychopaths, they don't have feelings, basically. Well. But yeah. this guy had a crime of passion in order to have a crime of passion you have to have extreme emotions involved yes, feelings it's a bit of a it's a misnomer a little bit i wonder if like he really loved her they went there you know he went there she tried to break it off he freaked out in his desperation killed her and then went oh god i killed her and i now i need to confess because what i did was so heinous i don't know if it's that or he's just like well, mm. yeah the psychopath wouldn't love you. They would love what you do for them. Right. They would love what you present to their life. Like the like Bundy, who had kind of the normal life at yeah. home and then went out. So he loved her in the cover that she provided for him. Yeah, like, look at in, my loving family. Right. In I'm these, a normal guy. Right, exactly. So it wasn't in a, an emotional connection yeah. there. He was reaping a benefit from from that so he could describe that as love right for that person but it wasn't based on them it was what that person allows you to get away with uh basically your feelings for them are still centered around your feelings for yourself i mean side note to this story when the cops went into the home they found a big note in giant letters on the fridge that said this is not funny, but get new handyman. Yeah. And so they were like, hmm, hmm. maybe the handyman is pissed that yeah. they're firing him. And that's how I think they got linked up with him. And then he just confessed. Yep. Do you think he was more mad about her ending the affair or ending his job as the handyman? I mean. Or both. Both were probably very profitable for him in yeah. certain in ways. Certain, yeah. In each their own way. Well, one was a deposit, one was a withdrawal, but... Michael, stop it! <laughs> You're such an asshole! <laughs> I can't stand ya, can't stand ya. Yeah. You... Okay. Well, guys, follow us on our socials. MAF Podcast Show, Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow us personally, I don't mind throwing mine out there. Mine's at Lola Rock and Rolla, Michael's... Do you want me to say yours? Lumos. At Lumos Lightsaber. Because Michael's a nerd, as we all know and love. But so am I. So 
Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Yep. Murder Michael Makes Friends little, Podcast. Little cartoonies of us. Yep. The full episodes are going up there as well. Um, if for whatever reason Spotify and Apple doesn't work for you, but just priming it for the video content. Um, Which we will promise we will eventually get our S together. Yes. <laughs> we'll get our stuff together and do video podcasts where Michael will probably find a way to put an emoji over his face the whole entire time. You know it, sister. <laughs> uh, you can also email us at mafpodcastshow at gmail.com. And, and if you have any stories you want us to cover. Yeah. Suggestions are greatly appreciated. Let us know. Uh, research would also be greatly appreciated. If you just want to write up the story for me to read, that'd be, <laughs> that'd, be that'd save me a lot of time. I'd love that. Um, Anybody wants to replace Michael yeah. and uh, co-host the show with me, yeah. let me know. Because uh, it seems like he is on his way out. <laughs> he looks like he is quitting. So, are you no. quitting? I'm going down with the ship, baby. This is... What's well, my ship. Right. My, my ship's not going down. No, we're going to ride. On, we're you're on the dinghy. Forever. You, yeah. <laughs> put you on the dinghy yeah. and you can sail away on the Black Island Ferry. <laughs> sail away <laughs> on the Black Island, Island Ferry. I never Why understood that. Why do they make yeah. it Caribbean? I never understood that. This is that not commercial. Jamaica. No. You're in the northeast of America and yeah. you're like the commercial literally to get on the Block Island Ferry to get to Block Island, yeah. which is just a tiny little island off the coast of Rhode Island. Yep. The commercial is... Like these Caribbean, like, what do you call those drums? Steel like drums. Those steel drums. Yeah. Like, ding, 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 sail away on the Black Island Ferry. And it's like, what? Are you, where are we going? Yeah, I never understood that commercial. Where for, are we going? For those of you in other parts of the country <laughs> or the world. It's like a 20-minute, well, no, it's like. We'll post. We'll, it's like a 35-minute boat ride if you take the express one. I think the yeah. other one is maybe like an hour or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're still in New England. You're <laughs> <laughs> it's still cold. It's still smells. It's You're still overcast. You're just going overcast. to a tiny island where there's a couple of like beach bars and some restaurants and some people live out there. But it's, that's it. It's Gaff Martha's Vineyard. That's what Block that's Island exactly is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's it's low rent. Yeah. Mar- it's poor man's Martha, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Although it's not cheap on Block no. Island either. It's no, just no. way cheaper than Martha's Vineyard. Let's just say Obama doesn't have a vacation home on, on Block, Block Island. Island. <laughs> Well, with that, Michael, let's sail away to next week's episode. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, and until next week, love, M. <laughs> love, Chad. Goodbye.